everyone. Welcome back again to another exciting episode of What You Know It, the Iconics Podcast. Oh my gosh, year three. Thank you for tuning in. This is awesome. We love that you guys are still here with us and we love what we do. As always, I'm one of your hosts, Barry3D for Deep Dark Delicious. You know it. And you can always find me at Barry3D.com. Come on now. Come on. You know it. You know it, son. You know it. You know it. On my side, as always, the man, the myth, the legend, I said before, and I'll say it again. If he was a transformer, he'd be two tur- two turntables, two technique 1200s, and a subwoofer making you dance. Forget sound wave. It's all about the one and only. Mm. Rod C. Good day, good afternoon, good morning to you, wherever you may be. Welcome to another episode of the Iconist Podcast. Yes. Yes, and we will jump right into things. So, first of all, Rod, where can they find you on a, on a, on the regular man? Where can they find you? Well, you see, on the worldwide web, you can find me at the Instagram at Mister Rod C. So M R R O D C. You can find me on Twitch TV forward slash DJ Rod C. And you can find me on the world of the tick and the talk at DJ Rod C one. DJ Rod C one. The number one. One, one, one. Let's go with that. <laughs> yeah, works, and that's that works. So, Barry, where are we going to find you, man? Where are we going to find you? As I said before, man, we'll say it again. You can find me on Barry3D.com. That's where I post everything that I do, right? So anything including this yeah. show and when I do my stand-up comedy. So please check my tour dates. Um, you know, we just uh, this show should be coming out just before. Yes, this show is coming out just before we're at Levity. Uh, in Hamilton, Ontario, on October sixth and seventh, please come on down. The show starts at eight o'clock, uh, and this will be myself. So I sometimes roll solo, and sometimes I don't. But this time I'm rolling with a touch of gray matter. So those the, the comedy troupe I'm a part of. So that's myself, Dave Sokolowski, and Zolf Ali. We will be there at Levity on October sixth, October seventh. It's a double header. Come on out one of those nights here in Hamilton, Ontario, and let's get nuts. Let's get crazy. Woo-hoo! Woo-hoo! Absolutely, man. Uh, on top of that, too, we also got to support the books. So please, if you've got a little and you want to buy some comic books, you got to head out to uh, Kitchener and check out Wild Comics. These guys are that's the best place I like to hang the most when I'm here in Ontario. And that's uh, Wes, Ramon, Sydney, and Chris. You go and tell them that you heard, let them know that you heard about them here on the Iconist podcast. They'll greatly appreciate it and they'll hook you up. Don't worry about that. They got you covered. And for our friends mm-hmm. out in Montreal, please go and check out Chuck Swings. That's the other comic book store I'm at when I'm in town. And that's on the South Shore. And you got to go and see Trevor, Dom, Pierre, and Pierre. Tell them you heard about them on the Iconist podcast and said hi. They'll they'll treat you well, especially if, you, if it's the first time you want to jump in and get some books. Along with that, we have our friend Miss Brandy Ford, who has her radio station. I got my cliff notes. I got her radio station, uh, which is on 4680Q.com. So look for her every Monday and Wednesday at 2 o'clock and Saturdays at noon. And she also has her magazine that's going to be coming out. It was a little bit delayed, but it's on its way. The writer and the wit. The link is down below. Okay. And, of course, if you want to do what we're doing, we use Podbean. So we tour our stuff there on iconist.podbean.com. If you want to make your own podcast on any subject you want, any type of material, that's where to go. It's, I think it's one of the better ones to use. I've, it's been very user-friendly and uh, done well for us. So if you want to do something along those lines, that's where to go. And with that, if you're starting a podcast, starting a YouTube channel, you got something from serious to whimsical that you want to do and you need a graphic designer, there's only one man and one man to see about that only. And who is that man, Rod? Jay Bird Digital Mr. Jason Reese, Jay Bird Digital Arts. You reach out to him, you tell him you heard about him on the Iconist podcast and he will give you a discount on the work that you need to get done. Now, Let's let me go. put something out there for your my friends. It doesn't mm. matter where you are in the world. Electronic. Mm. Reach out to Jason. Mm. Doesn't matter if you're in the US. Doesn't matter if you're over in the UK. Doesn't matter if you're in France. He is worldwide and if you want it, you'll get it. He's got it hooked up. He's done a whole lot of stuff for other artists, for other podcasters, comedians, and wrestlers all across North America and his scope is expanding even more. The only thing that limits him is you not reaching out to him. So you reach out to him. Said, heard about him on the Iconist podcast. He'd be like, oh, awesome. Tell the fellas I said, hi, what do you need to get done? I'll give you a discount. Okay. There you go. go. Simple as that. Simple as that. Right? 
I know mm-hmm. there's much more we can say, but like, subscribe, share, and review. Please, and turn on your notifications. Let it know that every Tuesday we drop our videos, 10 o'clock our time here in Toronto on YouTube and 10 o'clock on all podcast sites. So however you want to support, it's there. Woo. Perfect. All right. Feel good. Feel good. Feel good. <laughs> now, we're kicking off the month of October, and we, sometimes we got to feel like we do some work. And this time that work, it comes down to the theme of spooky. You know, it's all about ghouls and goblins and candy and tricks and treats and the whole nine yards. <laughs> and there's only one thing to do. We're going to kick this off, right? We're going to do our theme. So our theme for the month of October is going to be all about the, a little bit of the spooky, right? The freaky deaky. What's going on? What? I know Rod's died because I said freaky deaky. And we, yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. Different. You know what I'm saying? Different I feel like Peter Griffin. Griffin. Freaky deaky. Ay, ay, ay. Yeah. So, being mm. said, we're just going to jump right into it. Today on the Iconist Podcast, the icon is... Blue Devil. Blue Devil. Blue Devil? What? He's blue? I'm blue. Oh, yes, he is, my friend. Yes, he is. So we're talking about Blue Devil by DC Comics, and he made his first appearance in June of 1984. Mm-hmm. Good month. Good month. Good month. I know I know you're going there. I know you're going there. That's right. June, the sign of the Gemini. Who's a... Ju- oh, that's right. Me! Okay, here we go. So he made his first appearance in Fury of Firestorm, issue number 24, in June of 1984. And then he turned around and got his own comic book uh, quickly after that that ran for, you know, uh, for 31 issues. So he got his own comic book as it, Blue Devil, once again in June of 1984. And that ran for 31 issues along with one annual. Now he had also a lot of crossover appearances and talk about Blue Devil today. So that, that's how it comes across. Uh, he was created by multiple people. So the character was created by, and you know, we mean the names, I'm going to do my best, right? So Dan. Miskin created the character. Mm-hmm. Gary Cohen was the character of the visual. And Paris Collins was the belt design. I got a joke about a belt. That's going to see me on October 6th and 7th at Levity. All right, cool. And, yeah. and trust me, it's funny. And so that, that's, that's awesome. That, you know, you had three people and even one person is like, hey, I did the belt. Yeah. Give, give me something to do. You can do the belt. Cool. And ran off with that. Yeah, the hey, look, design. you know what? Sometimes you just got to kind of pass on the team, right? Look at my man, Chuckle, you know, for my F1 fans, for this race that happened over in, in Japan, just, just, you know, Red Bull and F1 racing won the Constructors' Champion. Mm. Max Verstappen came in first. Chuckle had a DNF. He did not finish, but they still won the Constructors', the constructors Champion. And you see, uh, you know, Chuckle, Perez, Verstappen, and Christian Horner all up there like, hey, they're the champions, but the man didn't finish. You see what I mean? That's like he just did the belt design. He just showed up and said, like, hey, I did the belt design. See what I mean? I was just there. Glad to be included. Okay. Yeah. Sounds good. Sounds good. Here we go. Uh, so a lot of this was happening, I said, back in 1984, and this is when this character came to life. So the character's first name, or his, the character's name is Daniel Patrick Cassidy. So that's his full name, right? He goes by Dan Cassidy. Not mm-hmm. not related to the other Cassidy from, you know, the Partridge family. No no relation. Not, I couldn't find anything like that. And he nice. was on different teams nice. when he started off. So he was, uh, you know, not not from early on, but later on in his career. And this is more of some of the crossovers. He was on the Shadow Pact. He was on Justice League of America, the Sentinels mm-hmm. of Magic, Justice League Dark, and Justice League, which makes a lot of sense. So here's the thing with Dan. Dan's got a lot of powers. And I'll go through the powers and we'll say, uh-huh. okay, here we go. So Dan had superhuman strength, durability, agility, and senses. Enhanced vision and hearing. Oh my gosh, what is he, Daredevil? Uh, master martial artist and hand-to-hand combatant. Expert acrobat. Nigh invulnerability. Sounds like the tick. Okay. Uh, hearing factor utilizes trident of Lucifer. Oh yeah, he does. And can find demons on Earth and banish them to hell. All right, there, Gandalf. The power of Christ compels you. The power of Christ compels you. That's all it is. Absolutely. 
This is this is funny, man. This is yeah. So as I said, from uh, June 1984 to 1986, and that's how it goes down. So. The whole thing with this character is he started off, and I, I don't, I, I want, I, I want to like him. And it's very rare you hear me say this. I want to like him. I like the character, but I found him a little bit one dimensional, one sided. There was like there was no meat on the bone. It was very, it was slim pickings. Mm-hmm. Like, mm, yeah, that's I. I, I, I like this character. I like this character. This one, I like the character, but the storylines were slim pickings. I, and what I mean is, for myself personally, I found that his. He started off, and I don't know if he was supposed to be a comedic character or serious character and being whimsical like Spider-Man. And sometimes it landed, sometimes it missed, and then, you know, they changed the art style, like I think in issue six or seven. And the writing team kind of seemed to change, so I, 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 it was a big question mark. And you could tell they were pushing the character hard because right. of some of the crossovers he had early on in his series. Right. You know? Uh, well, what was your overall feel about this before we break some of you know that, Rod? It's, it's, again, everyone, we don't have these type of conversations beforehand. We kind of just say this just straight, straight live. And, uh, yeah, I, I felt that, like, I'm reading the first couple of episodes, the issues, and I'm like, okay, cool. There's a lot of fighting, a lot of flipping around, and, you know, just a lot of pages doing that. It's like, Okay, give me something else. All right, skip ahead. Same scenario. Same scenario. And I'm like, okay. Um, he is... It's funny. Like, I think I did think of Spider-Man for half a second in the sense of the comical part because right. he puts jabs. So he's finding an individual, whatever the case be, and now he's just putting, like, little jabs, like, um, uh, radioactive? Maybe, like, his first, his first person that he was fighting is, like, in a silver... Like basically in a silver um, Iron Man suit. Oh Let's yeah, just, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, like that. And he's like, "Hey, shiny, hey, shiny." And da, 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 oh, you missed this, and that, and it's like, okay, you're you're being funny jokes kind of scenario, but nothing to pull off of that. So I don't know what the direction of the team of DC was trying to do with him, what they wanted to do. But you you hit on. I didn't even think it from that aspect, but you saw that he was connected with. Superman very early. Then oh, yeah. Elongated Man. Then Zatanna. Uh, yeah. You know, this was like within the first three, four issues. Yeah. It was, we're just trying to pull you, put you together with the Justice League, you know, puts in a familiar name. So, yeah, it, it was interesting, but it just seemed like they probably realized that he needed to tag on the stream of a couple of bigger bigger players. Again, didn't even do like Batman to my immediate knowledge. No. Um uh, or or Wonder Woman. You got Superman. Everybody knows Superman. Yeah, like, Wonder, going... Wonder Woman actually was there. She came in later on. You see? Like only for a couple of pages. It, it, it was weird. So um yeah, I get what you're saying, man. It yeah, was... I, I I wasn't so enthralled into it as much as I was. I've I've known of I'll just say for me, I've known of a uh, uh, Blue Devil. You've seen him and a couple of other stuff, you know, his IP was in other places, like, over the last few years, you know, like, you know, Young Justice, and we'll get into that as well, and stuff along that line, on uh, Justice League Unlimited. So that definitely was the first, to me, would have been, as I can see, it is, but that was, oh, Blue Devil's there, cool. But that was it. Nothing really. Yeah, I think so, later on, he gets into his own world like later on you he, he, he like when he they crosses over with it. other writers they they do him more justice you know what i mean uh yeah yeah, yeah so i think that's it you know when in his own series it was like okay so look, we'll, we'll get into some of it right so in his origin issue number one harry coles comes across and you realize mm-hmm. okay his name's dan cassidy and you know it opens up almost like a movie which makes sense for what they're trying to do so that i i totally get you know, right. you open up the first page, you see these people running, and it's like, oh, we're on the island of the devil. Oh, my gosh, we could capture him. I thought you said the technology would be able to hold him. And it's like, oh, the devil's chasing us. Throw this net on him. Oh, my God, he's breaking free. And it's like, oh, no one captured me. You know, you can, you can capture me, but you can't hold me. The devil is free. Okay. And you hear, cut. Cut. Oh, yeah. okay. What? So right away, within, you know, two pages, you realize oh, it okay. is a movie set. And this is something that we're trying to do. So it's almost like uh, King Kong going to like you know monster island filming that um, mm-hmm. um 
And and then sorry, I'm looking at my screen here. It's gonna throw me off. So I'm looking, you know, Monster Island. You know, you're doing that, uh, and that's how he starts. That's that's his basic intro into everybody and what's happening there with him. Mm-hmm. When that now comes about, you see he he talks to the director, he talks to the main person that's filming, and you realize that he's a guy inside of a suit. He's inside of a suit that makes him taller, but he built this suit himself by scratch. So it's a exoskeleton. Which servers and the whole nine yards. We all know what exoskeleton is. We're in the world of comic books. We heard about it before. So pretty much he's in battle armor, but it looks like a devil suit. So it's blue. He's got a costume. He's got horns on it. Ears, eye slots, the whole thing. Special effects. But yeah. instead of making special effects, he made this suit. And they turn around and like, hey, can the suit lift up, you know, boulder for one of the suits? Uh-oh. And he's like, oh yeah, I got the strength of 20 men plus. And he lifts up the boulder. But you see him take off the helmet or sorry, I should say the mask, not the helmet, the mask. He takes off the mm-hmm. mask. You see his real face in that opening sequence. So you're like, okay, cool. And then is, you know, there's another kid on on screen there. Uh, sorry, you know, in the set, a younger kid. And he's like, hey, man, can we hang out? You find out that his aunt is the one who's behind the movie. And he's like, oh, no, go for it. I just want to hang with myself, man, for a little bit. He goes, Whoa. and then right away, it's the, the comic trope, you know, oh, man, I love this girl, but I can't tell her I love her. You know, and now he's out with his other actor that's there after yeah that's a shame how, how come i can do all this st- cool stuff in the suit like acrobatics and jump around and do all these fight scenes and i'm the i'm the number one stunt man here in, in you know hollywood but i can't right. express my feelings all right and then flash over you find out his love interest is now with this other guy and his name is wayne and wayne's like let's go and check out these ruins before we film there and wayne sees the ruins he's like oh my god they're actually bigger and scarier than i thought let's turn back and then the girl's like you know he's like oh his name's actually, I think it's Sharon. Um, and I could be wrong. She's like, oh, let's go. Yeah, Sharon. You know? Sharon. Mm-hmm. Okay, Sharon. So Sharon's like, oh, let's go and explore. We're all being chicken. Ha, ha, ha. Inadvertently, what they're doing, it's like a Tomb Raider thing. They 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 look around. It's a real site. It's not a prop site. They're on a real island with a real site, real temple. They see all these scary things that you're using as a backdrop. And she sees this one kind of flat, devil-looking mask. And it's like, hey. Look at this, and it's like it thinks if it, it looks like it'll fit in this door, like on, on this wall. Maybe we should put it on there. And then Wayne's like, "No, no, don't do it. Too late." She puts it on, door opened, boom. Thank you for releasing this the demon. Most I've been trapped for six thousand years. Oh, you guys look like I can eat you. Here it comes in. So that's the beginning. The so pretty much, he's a stuntman slash actor inventor because he invented the suit. No one else built it for him. The girl he likes releases a demon that's been trapped for 6,000 years. So Shannon and Wayne run back to base camp being chased by this demon. Yep. And he sees it. And then, you know, you got Marla, who's the the film, I guess, producer, says, the cameras, keep them rolling. Man, you got to do something about this. You need to do it. I'm just an actor. He's like, yeah, but you got a suit that can lift 20 plus tons. Uh, sorry, 20 plus people. If you don't do anything, people are gonna die. Right? Like she she he has his like ulterior motive, like, okay, people are gonna die. So she talks to him, manipulates in it. He puts on the, the mask, he goes, All right, I'm going in there to do my best to stop, get everyone off the island. And then she turns to the main cameraman, all right, keep rolling. Start filming. But but we can die. No, we we'll, we'll, we're gonna film this footage and we're gonna add redo reshoots and add this into the story. Trust me, this will be a blockbuster. Yeah, I I will let me jump in on there because yeah that that's Go why I was it. saying like l- reading it it felt so okay I I see the plot I see what you're trying to do but the actual transition from one scene one act to the other just was so jagged and you can clearly see this is what she wants to do it's like if you knew that's how she was we should have had some kind of more introduction or something like make make let us know that she's only she's only like she's only um not even say business minded she's just like saying i just want i just want to get the product done i don't care about anybody else if she was like you, you know what i mean and it, you can yeah, yeah, yeah. see that when she makes that when she makes that type of action you will then say okay that's marlon that's just who she is type of scenario we kind it's of figured that as yeah. we go through at the character is but it was very very um Hey, we're all going to die. You clearly see, huh? I paid for the stuntman to, you know, to have this exoskeleton to to lift a boulder. I know who my actor is. 
I'm the producer. Did anybody notice about that monster? Was that in today's uh, roster? Was that did we have like a, a golden type of talking monster? No. Huh. Oh snap! This might actually be real. In real sight, I think it's time for me to go because we're not in a world we're accustomed to, per se, demons and people just you know wild stuff just coming out of the woods, out of the forest, out of some very unique area, and trying to uh, I don't know you know eat me talk and say hmm i like them oh she's running away oh they're running away i like it when my food run away basically in that sense anybody even hear that you're coming out to me i don't know what that is where are my keys oh i'm just saying start rolling yeah you got you got a one track mind she got a one track mind one track mind yeah yeah it's like we might die but keep the camera rolling keep the camera rolling this is what part of his origin is. So he gets in there, he's fighting Nimbus, he's going out. Now he's got effects, and I'll say this, effects built in the costume that were supposed to be mm-hmm. for the movie, right? Like it's, you know, uh, fireworks and, you know, and, and, and certain things like that. Nothing that will do any real damage. So he's got that, mm-hmm. he's got his trident, which has like a rocket-propelled thing, and that's it. But it was really more movie effects. Now, can movie effects hurt people? Yes, but this is a demon that's been locked up for 6,000 years and hungry. I know what I'm like when I'm when I'm six hours and hungry. So, okay, hey, it is what it is. Calling it as it is, man. So Mm -hmm. this guy goes out there and he's fighting him because Dan is trying to stop this monster from eating the rest of the crew and killing them. They're there and their boss is now saying, "Roll the camera," so they can't leave. The main actor Wayne is a chicken; like he doesn't want to do anything. He's running for his life. And then stops 100%. himself because he's like, oh, well, how would other people think about me? And I have to live with myself. So he goes back. And then he kind of helps out. He does help out, even though he's yeah. a womanizer. So issue one, you already have a lot of characters there, right? You got, you right. got Dan, who's Blue Devil. You got Wayne, who's the, uh, uh, you know... Well, the the cowardly the cowardly um cowardly you know, man lead, whore the cowardly lead of the movie yeah you know yeah in the movie he's brave but in real life he's a chicken but he's a player you know right. he's not a player he just a lot okay uh, then you got Sharon who's another actress in the movie and then you got right. Gopher who's the nephew of Marla um, who's the producer and I can't remember the name of the guy who was filming I think is it Norm I think his name is Norman I could be wrong. Uh, he was going, the, going. Yeah, yeah. So he was the, on the film crew. He was the one that she told to say, "Keep rolling." So these are all the ongoing characters that have been set by issue one as his back characters. It's almost like if you would read Spider Man, and they would have introduced within issue one, Mary Jane, um, Gwen Stacy, Fla- you know, uh, Flash Thompson, Norman mm-hmm. Osborn, you, you know, Harry Osborn, yeah, you know, that- you know, uh, Uncle Ben. You know, in issue one, they put a lot of people. Of people. Yeah. The side characters, and then the mysterious boss who Marla reports to. So it was cramped. Very. Okay. These characters stay. They don't They don't water them out as time or get rid of them as time goes on. They're there pretty much the bulk of the 31 issues in the annual. So at least they're there from issue one, because I hate when writers bring in someone and then you're like, yeah, kill them off by issue six. No, no, at least they all stayed there, even though there was a lot. And my point is, because there were so many at the beginning, that's a lot of stories to tell. So, you know, clearly he defeats Nimbos. You know, he comes up with a plan. He's fighting him with the special effects, literally in the costume as Blue Devil. He's cracking jokes. Like Spider Man would, and, and I would say, Dan, he's a stunt man. He knows martial arts. Okay, fine. He does all this. He's a well-rounded person. They figured out how to get Nimbos back into his dimension, his dimension prison where he was kept for those six thousand years. And right. when he was going in there, the plan was, you know, Dan gets our Blue Devil, uses his trident, hits uh, Nimbolos, Nimbolos. There we go, Nimbolos, pushes mm-hmm. him into that doorway and says, "Close it." But then the rest of the team grab his legs, and pull him back out. And the whole time now, because he looks like a devil, the other demon says, oh, you're you're one of me. You're a little brother. What's going on? It's like, we're, we're demons together. Why are you fighting against me? So, you know, the demon gets put into his dimension prison again. He holds on to the trident, 
They pull him out. Boom. Thank you very much. They close him in there. He's trapped. Okay. Man's walking well, away. Sorry. Yeah, no, no, no. Okay. Yeah. Well, there's one one thing to say. There, there, yes. There's a quite crucial part of it. Prior to when he's realizing that, hey, you're my little brother. Why are you fighting me and so forth? Uh, I need to, like, say, I don't want you fighting me type of scenario. So Nimbius basically was trying to use some type of one of his powers to, like, right. deplete energy. So he hit Dan with some type of blast. Yes. Unfortunately, unbeknownst to Dan at that time, that did something to him. It shocked him. It just put him through some, you know, horrendous pain and everything like that. But when you see the image of it, you see him basically being surrounded by this particular glow. Yes. And then we find out later on, well, basically we find out that that did something more than just hit him with a blast. Absolutely. Absolutely. The glow like the last dragon. You are the last dragon. Okay. Uh, so he gets hit with that energy. He pushes him into the dimension. He pull him out. He's talking to Sharon. He's like, oh, I feel weak. I got to lie down. And then yeah. she makes a comment saying, oh, did a really great job on that suit. It even has, the suit even sweats. And Gopher's there. He's a little kid. Gopher's like 12 or something like that. He's like, what are you talking yeah. about? And Dan gets back to his trailer, thinks about what just happened, breathes for a moment, says, oh, let me get out of this suit, grab a shower. <laughs> He's holding the horns and he can't take off the suit. And realizes the suit is now him. He and the suit are one. He's not trapped in the suit. The suit has now Use. replaced circuits with nerve endings. It's now replaced its exterior shell with flesh. The suit is a living, breathing thing, and he's in it. You know, so it's the person within a living thing. It's almost like venom. Yeah, the symbiote. Yeah, right. It's it's almost like that. And you're like, okay, cool, I get that. And now it's like, oh my god, how could I go out, you know, and be out in public? And Sharon's not going to want to be with me because I'm strapped in this suit. Okay, there we go. That's just pretty much issue one. Yeah, pretty much, pretty much. You know, and that's why things like the issues are just so dry. Yeah, and that's it. Like you hear in that part, like you're now trapped. You're realizing, um, I can't get out of this suit somehow. It's feeling like real skin. And your first inclination or the second inclination is like, oh, Sharon's not going to like me because I'm in the suit. Guy, uh, priorities. Um, you should be like trying to go mentally going back. What the hell just happened? He goes through that. But the fact is that was written in that particular way. It just made me think like, okay, we know that they've got a certain punchline that you're trying to hit. You're trying to hit yep. these particular points in in the show. I mean, in, in the book, great. But come on, that that was, it felt rush. It felt rush, and I and I think that's the reason why personally I'm like, so so with with that. Him as a character seems to be okay, you know what he stands for, but the writing aspect of it wasn't really pulling me in. Nah, and it's one of the few times that we were actually doing a book that we like, we were not like, eh, we're gonna still do it anyways, right? Obviously. Um, mm-hmm. And then, of course, we jump to issue two. Now, that's what got me. Issue two, right away, he's in his apartment. They, okay. And they do a recap of, oh, yeah, well, we're on the island. We left the island. We came back. Issue two, I'm in my apartment. All right. And that's when that, that villain shows up with the shiny armor. Like, I think it's Shockwave. Uh, shockwave. Yeah. Right? Shockwave shows up, and Shockwave is going around terrorizing. And then, you know, Dan's on one side. Dan's back in Metropolis. And the the rest of the team are down in like LA or whatever. And what gets me is like he looks outside. He's like, oh man, you know, he went outside to get something. People's like, oh, Blue Devil. Hey, it's the guy that's supposed to be playing the Blue Devil. So people know the movie's coming out. And here he is walking in the suit. the The film company gets upset and sends a letter to you know cease and desist wearing the suit in public because nobody told the executives that he's been merged now permanently to the costume that he and the costume are one. Right, no one told him 100%. that. So, like, that's one, and he gets served with that by a lawyer, like legal papers, and that's once again from uh, Mala. Like, okay, so she calls him, and says, "Hey, I'm worried about you. How's everything going? Yeah, you know, um, uh, I'm really worried about you. You want to, you, you need us for anything, stuff like that. Okay, then she hangs up the phone, and then she's the one that sends the lawyer for the cease and desist. 
you know, so make her boss happy, but she was there and knows the suit is fused with him. And then she says stupid things like, oh, well, he's a, you know, Marla, I got to tell him to stop wearing the suit. Yeah, but he's attached to the suit. Right. Okay. Yes. Don't play innuendos. People like the execs weren't there on the island. They don't even know what happened. Clearly, you must not even mention that, you know, people got killed, like the two guards that got killed by the, uh, uh, the demon. Nimbius. Nimbius yeah. killed off two people. Obviously, uh, that was what, probably a write-off. So how do you not talk about that again? It was very rushed. So he's in his apartment. Shockwave shows up. He goes up there. He's like, hey, Shockwave, stop fighting, blah, 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 blah. Shockwave turns around to the apartment and pulls down the wall of the apartment building. And Dan's first words were, you know, I just bought this apartment building. I don't even have any tenants yet. So, Dan, you got money like that? You could buy a full apartment building? Well, you know, he, he can build a apartment suit. building. I, mean, I know it's possible, but, you know, as an actor to buy a, you know, like how, how popular of an actor is he or, or not, right? Like he bought his, a full out, you know, 30 unit apartment building. Yeah. I mean, he was a, he's a stuntman actor type of scenario. That's really what he is. But the fact that, again, you know, you're trying to hit these particular punchlines. To me, that whole conversation, to me, was irrelevant. I, I, you're trying to make it that he has a type of, you know, close material uh, possession to the building. Okay, great, but I don't. I personally didn't need to know that. You, you know what I mean? It was like it, the, the the whole statement was like, oh my gosh, why 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 do we even need to? Why do we need to know that? Are you just trying to filler? I, and that's how I look at it. This whole this whole the whole comic is just. It just kind of irks in the sense of it could have done better. I, like the writing yeah. just could have been better. The writing just could have been better. That's all it is. Yeah. The writing could have been better. And then they start these subplots. So then you got a subplot that, you know, he he, he starts fighting Shockwave. Uh, one of the head doctors from Star Labs shows up and says, you can't let Shockwave get away with that canister because we made a certain super type of kryptonite, you know, uh, and you can't let it get out there because of Superman. Yeah, that's it. Because remember, he's in Metropolis. Right. You know, the story gets run. It's on live TV. They're recording the whole thing there. And then you got Superman, who was there. So Clark Kent, who was there at the Daily Planet, sitting down there. And it wasn't Perry White. So I think Clark at this point was running oh. it. It was a, it was a different it was a different location. I, it's more like and that they catch me too. Like I don't know the deep history but it seemed like clark kent is working for a tv station it was yes. w something and i'm like oh yes. Where did uh, this yeah come yeah from? i know like wgbs or whatever yes yes yeah, yeah and that's I threw me off and i'm like okay is this clark? i remember that clark? that's when they made him uh, a tv reporter at one point right. so he left the daily planet and he went over to the competition that's why right so that's a storyline that was in the superman comic books Right, that wasn't a um, uh, what do you call it? That was that was a true storyline in the comic books where he was a TV reporter for a while and not just an editor or uh, a journalist for a newspaper. So I get they put that in there. They go to see him. They say the story's going on. He flies out there as Superman, obviously to see what. So that's now where you get your first guest appearance of a hero is Superman. And the thing is, everyone sees most of the time when people see a new hero, a new hero or fight goes out. It's always about, oh my gosh, who are you? This time it's like, hey, to the guy from that movie, Blue Devil, hey, you, he's a new superhero. Everyone was so chill seeing a hero. They weren't even sure he was a hero. I mean, even at one point he starts a robbery, he stops a robbery, uh, you know, basic robbery. Some kids are trying to rob some old people at knife point. He shows up, jumps down off a 10 story building, lands. They looked at him. The old couple are like, wait a minute. Are you Superman? And he was like, yeah, yeah, I'm Superman. Yeah, exactly. Hilarious. And they believe he was Superman the whole time, and his wife was like, I don't think that was Superman. <laughs> like, okay, he's got blue skin. Superman only wears a blue outfit. So I, that that I found funny, but as it went on, you know, he, he turns around, he fights Shockwave, he gets back to Kryptonite, and then Superman finally gets there and says, hey, thanks for capturing the Kryptonite. By the way, why does Star Labs make a super kryptonite? And you can see the doctor stumbles. She's like, well, we made it because in case of, um, uh, let's say you and Supergirl are off planet and villains escape from the Phantom Zone. 
And Superman's like, uh-huh. I feel there's more to this. We'll talk later. Right. Right? Fair enough. Subplot. Then I think that subplot came back for one point, and then that was it. We were done. So, you know, uh, what, what, what are you going to do, right? I And then don't get me wrong. It's not like I'm trying to hate on the character. I'm just saying these are, if you read the book, it's very chop, 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 issue to issue. There's yeah. no smooth transition within the storyline because then next thing you know, it's like issue one in solo. Issue two, it's Superman. Issue three, so he flies off at the end with Superman, and issue three begins with him on the Justice League satellite. And then there's an elongated man, you know, and he tries to arm wrestle Superman and, you know, for jokes, which was funny in itself because we all know Superman's like super strong, obviously. He's super right. You know, you got Superman, you got elongated man, and then Zantana shows up in one of her other outfits. So not the fishnet outfit with the top hat. She shows up with her more superhero look, where she had the high boots, the cape, a white cape, you know, and, and it was a blue and black costume and white. So that was mm-hmm. the scheme there. So you look at the see Zantana show up. She's just flirty. She's just he's flirting with her, and she's like, ah, uh-huh. I'm like, wait a minute, you Zantana, you wouldn't like flirt the way, the way she was flirting. It was like. I'm gonna say this. It was like men writing how they think women would react to men you know, to a man flirting, right? It was a truly from a man's point of view. And and, yeah. and it was like really stereotypical, you know. Okay. And but which is a smart move because it was all about, you know, the his his like the blue devil letter column hits it on the head. It was called mm-hmm. circuits and sorcery. Right. I think they should have gone more we had the circuit aspect of it. Should have gone more sorcery. So I could see Santana being in there, her looking up the demon, the, you know, find out who cursed him, how to get out of it. And then by issue four, he's confronting that demon. And then the Justice League is somewhat there. So you got Santana, you got Superman, you got Elongated Man, you know, and then it's him and Santana. And he gets back his trident from the demon and the demon infused it with magic. So it kind of graded it. So those are the early issues of Blue Devil. Blue Devil. Mm-hmm. It was always hard to read because every issue did have action. It was action, jokes, somewhat serious. I think they needed to really find their identity saying, this is going to be a whimsical character or this is going to be a, a, a serious character. And it, right. a serious character can have levity in it or, you know, or vice versa. But it was trying to do both equally at the same time instead of doing it like 70 30, whatever direction they would have gone with. Yeah. I, again, I can look at it from the standpoint that, you know, let's just be straight, the elephant in the room. It's a blue devil. You're going to try to promote this for kids and everything like that. So they want to make it very whimsical and say, oh, he's not a bad devil. He, you know, he's funny. And, you know, and, and you got the levity from that. Great. But like you said, it just, it, it just wasn't written. It was written more with, these are the punchlines we have to get in. And, and basically no... No bending in the sense of like say okay maybe we won't say this joke. We'll merge into something else that's that will fit the actual situation and it just felt like more cut and paste. Stamp this in here. I want this stamp there. So yeah, yeah it it wasn't it wasn't uh, uh yeah uh, like I I, I it was no a hard sell with, wasn't it? It's a hard sell. It was a hard sell. Like I would I would still read this to get myself over it and then you know be honest hope that later on the writing it caught itself and it made itself it made it, it got itself and it got some type of footing i'm yeah. i will i will basically read it maybe not let it like you know back to back to back like for the next two nights kind of scenario but i'm gonna read it i'm gonna catch up on it get back to this and catch up and just say okay let me see Okay, in issue 14, when I get to 14, did it seem like, you know, the transition was better? Did they actually give the characters some type of uh, stability, some type of life that it actually made sense why he was doing what he was doing and how he was doing X, Y, Z? Yeah, so, maybe. And, 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 you know, and, and very possibly. Now, here's what I'll say. I like the concept of the character, and I said this before. So I know we were talking about a lot of things we didn't like about it. Here's yeah. what I like. I like the fact that his backstory is different than most, right? He's not a reporter. He's not mm-hmm. a scientist. He's not, you know, not from another planet. Right? 
And I like all that. So I like the fact that he's in, he's a hero who is an actor. Stuntman, actor, okay. Right. This brings me back to, and this came out in the 80s. So back in the 80s, there was a TV show called Cover Up. Right? That ran for one season until, unfortunately, there was a, you know, the uh, uh, the main actor ended up dying on, on set. And, you know, and these are why certain gun laws were implemented on sets. You know, this is free crow, free the whole everything else with uh, Rust with Alec Baldwin. And this is where they're putting more safety because he was playing around on set. Uh, he was playing Russian roulette and he thought, oh, they're just blanks. They can't do nothing to me. And the blank still hits with the impact. So not to get grisly about it, it's, it's a shame. I'm not disrespecting that. You know, it's, you know, um, but the TV show was called Cover Up. Now in Cover Up, what it was, was you had one guy, he was the main guy. He was a spy. And then he would work with models. And the cover story was these models had to go around the world to shoot stuff like Victoria's Secret, Rolling Stone, you know, catalogs or magazines. So picture something like a Victoria's Secret. And he was there as the photographer or photographer's assistant. That was the whole covering, the cover up on this. So this is how he was able to get into other countries without raising any alarm. You get there, you see a bunch of beautiful women. You see this guy who you're with. Oh, I'm the photographer. We're here to go to, you know. Uh, in Egypt to do some filming and, and take pictures in front of the pyramid. Okay. You think nothing of it. Next thing you know, you don't realize this guy's a spy. So when they're now on their way to the shooting site to shoot the pictures, he deviates, does his mission to steal something, get something, put something in, make a contact, and then run back and hook up with the rest of the models and then be on set as, you know, the the the, the assistant to the cameraman. So that was this whole premise of cover-up, meaning that, you know, you go everywhere. It's almost like the movie I Spy. Or right. even like the, the original movie, the, 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 I Spy, the TV series, right? Same concept. So I Spy, the series, you know, you had uh, Bill Cosby. He was a tennis player, and he had the other, and a secret agent with the, uh, was his manager, was really a secret agent. When Eddie Murphy redid it, once again, instead of being a tennis player, he made it more modern that he was a boxer. As a boxer, you're going to go all over the world to do exhibition matches, to do whatever kind of match. So the government's going to get behind you and say, hey, we need you to bring your manager, who was really a spy, right. over to Russia. Okay. We want you to organize a boxing match in Russia. We will help fund it. All you got to do is go and you do your boxing match. Don't know. Don't worry about what your manager's going to do. And that's his in. He gets on the plane. Right. He goes there. He's like, all right, see you later. You got three days till the match starts. And then you show up, and that's your cover story. So that being said, a lot of time actors have to actors actresses they have to learn skills for movies, right? You have how many times you see an actor, and it's like, oh, I had to learn, like you know, Michelle Pfeiffer, she had to learn how to use a whip in Batman Forever, right? Right? Or you know, or yeah, Batman or Batman Returns when she was playing Catwoman, she had to learn to use a whip. You have stars that have to learn boxing. You know, Christian uh, Christian Bale, he had to learn Krav Maga when he played Batman. You have other stars that have, you know, um, Jackie Chan and Michelle Yeoh. They had to learn how to ride a motorcycle to do certain stunts because they didn't get a stunt person. They did the stunt themselves. So him working as a stunt performer on a movie set, you can go everywhere. All you got to do is get a pass for filming. No one looks twice. Go on in. You're good to go. Right? It's an easy cover story. So this is what I like. The aspect that Blue Devil was on there as an actor able to go anywhere you wanted to. Now, I know he gets stuck in the costume because he gets cursed with it. Okay. I think he should have gone more into the occult right away. Like in the circuitry and, this, and, this, and the technology, we get it. He knows that part of it. But because now the two were merged together, I think it should have done a, a better job of, you know, merging the two and doing a lot more with 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 sorcery. Like I think by issue three, they're on the right path by bringing in Zantana. You know, later on they brought in Ethergrin the Demon. So Zantana, yeah. Ethergrin, you know, they should bring in Doctor Fate. Anyone 
along the supernatural. Like him when he joined certain teams, like you know, Justice League Dark, that makes sense to me. Right. Because he should be dealing with the occult because science is not going to get that costume off. Mm-hmm. Magic, or maybe a combination of both, will get that costume off for him to be totally free of it. And right. he didn't seem to go that aspect with it. I think that was what was left on the table a lot. He it was more him, Jokey, technology, and still in the movie world making these movies and still figuring out the rest of his cast. So that's that's my kind of point on that. Yeah. I mean I, I mean you you brought a good point. I mean the levity of not having the typical characters um origin story is that you know traumatized or from an alien planet, you know, that, that, you know, that type of scenario, you have a common guy who basically has, who's now has some, who's been bestowed power, you know, like, like, like the, um, like Blue Beetle, you know what I mean? Like the latest <laughs> rendition of, you know, Javi with, you know, as Blue, Be- Blue Beetle, having a character, an individual who's like saying, I never thought or trained or even had the mindset to be a superhero. But now this kind of stuff, responsibility dropped on me. Okay, fine. But I don't know. I, like I said, my my view on it is like, uh, well, just the right. Yeah, the <laughs> elements were there. Like I said, the elements of him. Yeah, the elements were there, and I just wanted him to go more into the occult. I think if he went yeah. blue level, I mean, he he blue sense. level, he should have gone more into the occult. Like I mean, I think that's where it started off, and I don't know where they got off track for that in my opinion but that's that's where it's going and he, he's been around for a while people make a lot of comparisons uh, comparisons uh, with that you know so this is where uh, my thing is he's going to start it there here's the best way Blue Devil should have been written exactly like the Brandon Fraser mummy there was action there was levity and there was seriousness at the same time but it was done it's a nice blend of it. That that's Got it. that's way it should have been. Brandon Fraser, mummy, give me that. But notice what the mummy did. They stayed with magic. And that's where I think hit the strong suit should have been. It, and it's not the fact that he knows magic. It's like, hey, this is what happened. I've been infused with uh with magic, has fused me to this costume. I need magic to get me out. I don't know, but I gotta find me some magic people. And you already got contact with Zartana. You got contact with Superman because you're in Metropolis and you've helped him out and you're in his good books with the whole Kryptonite thing. You got the Elongated Man. So there should have been, hey guys, I'll do this with the movies, but I still need to put my life back in order. I need to start reading on magic, looking up magic. Because one thing, you know, Marvel or DC, Image, whatever. If you start looking for magic and you're a hero looking into magic, magic, the magic users will find you. And they will start to slowly take you down that path. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. There's a lot of magic people out there. Some are better than others, right? Some some are easier to work with. I mean, would you rather work with Zantana or Constantine? So, you know, <laughs> oh, that's, you that's how I look funny. at it. Yeah, no, no, that's funny. That's that's funny. Would you rather work with Zantana or Constantine? And the, and the funny thing is, those two are like a yin and yang. In that sense, absolutely. So, you know, you're going to get a good dynamic between those two. It's, you know, what the problem with the scenario is, is again, it just comes back that we just don't know what is, what is Blue Devil? Like, what is, like, where would he sit? Like, if, you know what, as it, we'll just put it out of the spectrum. If you have Zantana as being the prop, you know, not the proper, but being the, the, the magician, the sorceress that she is. She's like all proper, whatever. And then you got Constantine, who's just like, listen, by any means necessary, I'm just gonna do what I gotta do. I don't care who I insult in that sense, you know. I, but you know that's John Constantine. I know this antenna. Yep. Blue Devil, where are you? Where? How are you on that spectrum? And the, stat, exactly? the thing is, I can't, I can't, I can't see him on the spectrum. I'm seeing him on another TVA timeline. I see him somewhere else. You know, well, that's it. I mean, he's a variant. He's a variant. 
<laughs> exactly. You took Booster Gold. Everyone sees Booster Gold as a joke, right? But when you read the Booster Gold series, the most recent one, you realize that even though he's kind of seen as a joke, he does things within the timeline very seriously to keep the timeline a certain way. And then he fixes it. He comes back and everyone's like, oh, it's Booster. And it's like, I just fixed yeah. the time. You, Yeah, I can't. Right. Okay. Like Booster Gold's like a Time Lord almost. And he can never get the respect due because everything he does seriously. Like, I mean, his first, there was like one issue where he goes back in time. He's there talking with Batman. Batman thinks he's a big joke. And then he goes through time. He ends up in Germany, mm-hmm. fixes a whole bunch of stuff. Come back to the Batcave. And Batman looking at him is like, kind of like, you're such a joke. You got to do better. You got to take things more seriously. And if you would have read that story arc, he did throughout the whole mm-hmm. thing, took things really serious. There was no yeah. jokey, jokey, like how it was. And, you know, but because he's not allowed to say what he did, you'll never get that recognition from his peers. So you as a reader are reading it going, man, I feel for you. This is what it's got to be. Mm-hmm. You know? Uh, I, I, and and these guys, like, I mean, like you can tell, like, even if you look at them, one of them says, like, hey, one day, you know, Steve Ditko, who was one of the creators or creator of Spider-Man, was around the office, and they were both fans of him. So they kind of wanted to do their own thing, and they did like a Spider-Man, Doctor Strange, you know, Iron Man, and the Thing, you know, mashup, and that's what Blue Beetle is, right? right. So Blue Beetle is, and it it's, and it shows like he's a bit of Doctor Strange with the magic, he's a bit of Spider-Man with the whimsical, he's a bit of the Thing with the tragic story, he's a bit of Iron Fist the way he fights and everything like that. So they took yeah. a lot of pieces. And I'm like, not knocking that. I'm just saying, I like that he's an actor. I like what they can do with him. I think he should have got more into the culture. More. And, and mm. especially back in 1984, I don't think we had enough books on proper magic within the DC universe, even though there was a lot of magic casters characters, within yeah. the, and characters within the DC universe. They, they just never, you know, everyone looked for the traditional hero and not for the magic heroes. Like you would have Doctor Strange, sorry, um Doctor Fate, he's on Justice mm-hmm. Society. Okay, got it. That's their magic guy. Santana, Justice League. All right, that's one. That's their team there. You know, you had Raven from the Teen Titans. Oh, okay, well she's the magic person on the team. There was always just one person on the team. Never a team of until more recent years, I said Justice League Dark, don't get me wrong. But I think he could have been the gateway to bringing more of those characters in. And then himself learning magic because the costume's infused with magic. It's cursed. You've got your trident back, which almost acts like Thor's hammers, where it's got like, you know, part of mm-hmm. like hellfire. So you could throw it. it. It has bolt. It comes back when you throw it. Okay. All right. You know, if I have stuff like that, I want to learn more about it and what powers it to see how it can aid me and then how I can separate myself from it so I can live a normal life. So right. That's my two cents on, on Blue Devil. There we go. Yeah, no, no, I'm, 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 I'm with you. I'm with you. I mean, it's just like in the words you normally say. You said in the beginning, there's this one doesn't have a lot of meat on the bone. There's not a lot that no. you can really that they were given us. That they given us, and I'm talking the, the original run, right? We're talking the original right. run. I he's yeah. probably gotten he, he's loved because they always keep bringing him back. They he's a legacy character. They bring him back, so he's got his fan base, and as fans. We want something from him. It doesn't have to be a dark, moody series. I'm not saying he's a character. I'm just mm. saying he should be dealing with more magic and artifacts and da 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 da. Let right. me separate from my costume. Can I? Right. That's the ongoing goal. Or like you said, they're, they're, you know, I said it before, influenced by the thing, tragic backstory, which means he probably never will be. Accept it, but just move on. So, on that, moving on. Mm. I know most people hear us, and this is the first time they're probably hearing us saying, keen on this character but we're still talking about it yeah it is what it is people it's it's all about the month it's it, so, hey, it, it is it is what it is blue devil as a character concept awesome we need deeper writing we need that that's all it is deeper writing smoother transitions and i think like he's joined justice league dark and shadow pack and so forth but, you know and they try to really push him he's not a traditional hero even he keeps saying in a comic book he's like i don't want to be a hero He's like, right. Blue Devil? No, my name is Dan. And even to the point where Superman says, no, you should use a superhero name. It's like, no, I'm good. Right? So, if that's his outlook, let's mm-hmm. right towards that outlook. So, here, here's my thing. 
if we had a fan cast this right now, Rod, who, who, who would you see it played and how would you like to see it adapted? I know it might not be much meat on the bones, but no, 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 yeah. reboot it and do it. Like, I, I'm looking for someone because, like I said, I can understand that he is the the one part I like about it is the the, the, the not the comical aspect of it, but the levity. Like, you know, he's, you know, he's trying to be like, oh, my God, I, I got to do this. Like, I, I guess I guess it's up to me to save the day. It's not that he wants to, but he just has that type of this is what I got to do. And I, I'm, I'm going with a character that I mean, going with an actor that I've I've cast him and some other stuff beforehand as well, uh, at least once before. Um, I. It's for that is that light, not lighthearted, but that type of whimsical type of banter back and forth. I know this guy can do this. So I, I like Robbie Amell. Oh, yeah, that's your go-to guy, man. Yep. That's yep. my go-to guy. I like Robbie, man. Robbie Robbie has that type of... He can make that jovial type of conversations, right? Uh, I can see him being like, yet again, you're looking for the common man, the common guy who's like, I'm not an... I'm not a superhero. I didn't come up um, with, you know, silver spoon in my mouth like Bruce Swain and basically got a tragic beat and I can afford to go yeah. on training and become someone different. Uh, I don't come from, you know, Timothera that, you know, is a legacy type of, you know, God world type of thing. I don't come in from a planet like Superman. I don't have these, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Robbie to me could portray that type of guy who's basically been thrusted with great response with great oh god now i can't even talk with I'm great just, power comes great responsibility great responsibility type of scenario and to me he can take that on yes he did that when he was on arrow as well but i'm not even focusing on that aspect of him being the hero because you know when he was on arrow he was a hero on oh uh, sorry on flash when he was um firestorm that was what he was but i want him on here to to portray that kind of guy who's like saying, I got to balance, find that balance of being a normal guy who had, you know, went to work one day. And then by the end of the day, I'm now working as a stuntman, working as an actor. That's out the door. Now I have this responsibility. I have these powers. I have these unique abilities. Like, I guess I got to use them. I don't want to be a superhero, uh, but I, I can't get this off. I, I got to find the mystery to get this hero. off. <laughs> you know? So that that's how I look at it with Robbie. So I want to rub Robbie Emil to be my my guy. All right. I got you. I got you. Okay, that makes sense. Now, here's what I look at it. Um, the, the actor I picked, when I'm going to go with a date, live action, give me a movie, right? It doesn't need me an ongoing series. Give me a movie. I think it needs a little bit of a very okay, you, First time you ever hear me saying this, it needs a little bit of a reboot. It, it needs a different kind of treatment, right? So mm. I, if you look at Blade as a comic book character before yeah. Wesley Snipes got to him and his whole production updated the look, the, you know, the backstory was the same. All they did was update the look, gave the character a certain aesthetic and made him fit and cool. Then that's what we got to do. So I believe Blue Beetle, Blue Beetle, uh, Blue Devil Mm. go through the same thing. So it's not so much a reboot to redo anything. It's more take what's there. Go a little bit deeper. Yes. Do that 70-30 split like the mummy. Oh, Freddie Frazier mummy. And go for it. Now the actor I'm going with is the actor in my mind should have already been in the DC universe. He was portrayed by fans to play a certain character in the DC universe. And then, okay. you know, Warner Brothers said, no, we're going with someone different. And we like who they went with, but this guy would have been uh so I'm going for Sean William Scott. Right? You know, Steffler from American Pie. Uh, listen, I'm I just started as a timeout, I just started watching going back uh Bulletproof Monk. Yeah. I would just I just started that yesterday and I didn't get a chance to finish it. So I got to go back and finish that tonight. But that's hilarious. And I'm like, wait a minute. On bloodlines. Hilarious. But yeah. Okay. Bulletproof Monk. 
rundown, uh, goon, you know. He, he can do it. He can do he, that. Oh, for sure. Because to me, by all rights, he should have been Guy Gardner, Green Lantern. Mm-hmm. As we're saying, you want a Guy Gardner, Green Lantern? It's Sean William Scott. It's Sean <laughs> William Scott that should have been that Green Lantern. And and in and they they you know they went with the guy who was in the rookie and uh, castle, and you know, uh, yeah, 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 right. No, no, okay, that's fine, that's still cool. But Sean William Scott, come on now. So let's go back for half a second. You give me the team that worked on the Mummy, the original one with Brendan Fraser with the writer. So you bring me that writer. You bring me that director. Say, hey, guys, what you did for this, we want something similar to that. Even if they get compared, it's going to work. And you give them the source material and say, figure it out. We want a little bit more magic in there. They're going to go, okay, Don William Scott. He's got the look. He's got okay. the wit. He, yes. he, this, this, okay, you didn't give him Guy Gardner? You didn't give him this role. And what? How he shines and makes, you know, Blue Devil a whole different level. We don't need all the crossovers with Superman and then Wonder Woman and, you know, maybe a crossover with Ethergan, the demon, Zantana, because they've never made their live-action debut. If you do that, that, you're opening the world to something else. And if you want to really take it to the top for me, you bring back the actor that played Constantine in, you know, the original mm. series and the Arrowverse and... Uh, you can see Legends tomorrow. You bring me that actor and give me Constantine. Or if Hollywood really wants to, go with Keanu Reeves as Constantine. But give me Constantine by somebody. One of those two. As someone trying to help him out. Okay. Okay. We Boom. Boom. Sean William Scott is my man. That for sure. As yeah. Blue Devil, he's got the physique. He's got the uh, the athletic yeah. ability. He, yeah. Okay. He can do okay. it. He can do it. That's who I'm going with. Okay. You know, and I know we were saying, you know, story-wise, like how the original comic came out, well, it was the 80s. It was the 80s. And, and the yeah. 80s was fitting a sort of aesthetic in the 80s. But now, now, right, let's let's see. So you go and give me that team. That's the team I want. You give me the actor. We good. Okay. Okay. We good. Don't call your agent. Yeah. Okay. Interesting. Interesting. Yeah, yeah because it would be a different vibe because you're gonna have a hero that doesn't want to be a hero, and you're, you're playing it that way, right? Instead of t- traditional, I think I think Warner Brothers needs to do something to shake it up. We'll see what James Gunn does in the long run, but that's the that's my my two cents about it, there, man. So, yes, there we go. Okay, then. Good to know. Good to know. All right, so that's good. That's good. Sean William Scott, and I got Robbie Emil. All right, cool. Right on. That's- now, for everybody out there listening and watching, please let us know what you think. We will put up a poll soon enough and let us know what you think about this and which way you want to go. And please, forget to let us know. Send us a picture. Where's your favorite comic book store? Let us know where it is. I, as I said, I want to see comic book stores from all over the world, right? I've seen them in North America. I've seen them, uh, but I want to see Mexico. I want, I want to see comic book stores in Brazil. I want to see comic book stores in the UK and from Russia and Germany and Japan and Hong Kong and you know, yep. uh, there's got to be comic book stores all over the place, and I want to see them. All right, let, let's do that, right? It's all about love and stuff like that. I ain't getting no politics. So let's just say comic book store from everywhere. Maybe if you're listening, send us a picture. You see our Instagram and all that stuff below. You know, you, you can reach us by Instagram. You can reach us by Twitter. You can reach us on Facebook, our Facebook page. You can send us one on YouTube. However you want to do it, let us know. All okay. right. Rod, any last words? Um, you know what? Making sure everybody enjoyed themselves. I hope you guys um, took away some, you know, some good tidbits and what we were talking about again. Like Barry said, it's you know, so rare that we have a character we're like, eh, we, 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 yeah. but he has something. He if if it's just rebooted or just looked from a different angle, just you know, done something slightly different, it could still work. It could still work. So. Uh, Blue Devil is a, a very unique character, and he does have a place in the DC universe. He does have a place there that we can, that could be eventually used um, and be a gateway, like Barry said, or just showing people that it's not always about the fighting 
aspect of it. There's a different whole genre of the occult, of the mystic arts, and start to bring that in. Like we said before, I can't remember who we were. We, meant, we, we mentioned how Marvel is doing that with Strange, Doctor Strange. Yeah. DC needs to start catching up and, and, and doing that. DC starts, needs to start doing that and, and putting some live action. Uh, you do have Constantine, but that's it. But he's not a fighter, but yes, he's he does deal with the mystic arts and stuff along the line. He needs some more. So this would be a very good yin and yang aspect of it to bring him in and just give him some kind of footing that he can be in between Satana, Blue Devil, Constantine. Yes. Estrogen comes in afterwards. Because we got to get that base before we get the estrogen. If you bring estrogen in right now, no, no, you can't go African yet. No, no, you gotta, you gotta build. That's up what I'm saying. Like, they, they can't, they can't do that yet. Like, like, like no, no, you no, need no, to come no, with no. these. Blue, yes. Blue Devil will be the very. Woo, that's that's different. But because of his levity, that he's not perceived, he's seen as being a Blue Devil. But when you hear him talk, he's like, "Oh, you, you're not demonic type of thing." Right? Okay, good, good levity. Bring it in, cool. Then we come in estrogen afterwards, and then like. <laughs> They weren't ready. <laughs> Not at all. That's awesome. Cool. Well, as always, we say thank you for tuning in. This has been the Iconist Podcast. And as always, remember, this whole world was started by a pencil, a piece of paper, and lots of imagination. Keep on dreaming. All right, now, now where's my trident? Because I need to get me some fish. Okay, see y'all later. Later.